Welcome once again to Talking Taylor. I'm Danny here with my friend Shauna, as always. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about the deluxe version of Fearless or Taylor's version as it is called. Uh, last time we talked about Fearless and kept our comments specific to the uh, kind of classic 13 tracks that we've known for a year or for a decade plus. Uh, and so now we're going to talk about all the new stuff that we haven't known. Well, you have known some of these songs for a long time. Yeah. 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 Like half of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I've heard these somewhere between like two and 12 times, maybe. I don't know how many. I feel like a couple of these I've heard quite a few times, but most of these I have not. So. So rather than our usual format of answering lots of different questions about them, uh, we're just going to kind of give our thoughts uh, track by track. And this will probably be a bit of a shorter episode, maybe a little bit less substance, because at least on my end, like, I don't know what to make of these songs yet. Like, they're still very much kind of taking shape in my life and in my music listening. Um, and so, yeah. It'll, it'll take some time before they kind of like lock into whatever I feel about them. So we will start with Jump Then Fall. What thoughts do we have about Jump Then Fall? I'm obsessed with Jump Then Fall and I've been obsessed with Jump Then Fall since I was probably 11 years old. So uh -huh. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but like just it just starts out and you're automatically happy like you're just mm -hmm. like all right i'm feeling this and like she just leads you into feeling the way that she feels when she realizes his laugh is the best sound she's ever heard mm -hmm. and i don't know i just love the way it starts it just throws you right into it and it's great i just it she says every time you smile i smile and it's just every time every this song time plays I smile, smile. I smile yeah yes um yeah i think it also has a really good chorus um like probably a chorus that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with like most of them on fearless proper um and it just especially in this ver for whatever reason i liked the for lack of a better word remix or re-record i like the re-recording versions of these uh fearless edition platinum tracks like quite a lot uh, maybe it's because I haven't heard them to death. Maybe it's just because, I don't know, there's just something about them that seemed to just like click in a little bit more and be like a little bit tighter and a little bit more interesting um, than other times that I've heard them where they didn't really leave a lot of impression. Um, but Jump and Fall has always been one that I've thought was pretty good. Uh, and definitely at times wondered like, why wasn't that on Fearless? Like that definitely could have been on Fearless. Um, of course, there's not really anything you can take off of Fearless, and we're not quite yet to the point where she wants to release albums that are over an hour long, uh, as we'll see next time. Like, so yeah, other thoughts about this one? Um, not really, it's just like. It's pretty much like it's it's just typical Taylor. Like, it's just a solid 
early Taylor track. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. And I also think it's a really good kind of like, like this isn't a an album opener, but if we're thinking of these like extra tracks as a kind of album, it's a very good album opener. Um, see yeah that's something about fearless platinum edition that i really liked is of all of like the deluxes or whatever the platinum edition of fearless this is the album opener Mm -hmm. she puts them at the beginning rather than the end until Mm -hmm. you know fearless taylor's version now they're at the end Mm -hmm. um and so i really liked having the option to listen to like the regular fearless album have fearless be the album opener which fearless is a great album opener obviously but then um I jump then fall is such a great other <laughs> album opener for fearless yeah. when you're listening to the platinum edition definitely and it feels also like a, the kind of song that could like start the b-side really well um which i think you belong with me kind of does or or perhaps um yeah so uh next up is untouchable uh i actually have heard this song like quite a lot of times and i don't know why um like like i can't remember why if it was like pandora or what but i've heard this song way more times than any of the other um versions or than any of the other uh, platinum edition songs and i don't know why also according according to genius uh it was originally sung by a rock band in the late 1990s yes luna halo and taylor was given songwriting credits on fearless because she changed it so much that the band um gave her songwriting credits but it's technically the only like cover song on any of her albums and i adore it though i should note that um the speak now live version has some cover like proper covers that she's done yeah. which are phenomenal 100 percent. i like, actually uh didn't know drops of jupiter until taylor swift covered it on the speak now tour. i mean both <laughs> both betty davis eyes and drops of jupiter are excellent cover versions on that album yeah. um yeah so that's interesting. That that reminds me of like the Jonas Brothers covering the year 3000 and like changing it enough that no one remembers that or has any idea that it wasn't their song. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, untouchable. Thoughts? Um, it's, I really love Untouchable. Like I always have see every song in fearless i'm just like i've loved this song my whole (laughs) life um well some of these you've loved for a month so (laughs) true 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 uh but these these platinum edition tracks i've loved them my whole life um i don't know it's just it feels like a dream Mm -hmm. like it's written it it feels exactly like what it's written about about like this dream of this guy being like, like he's so untouchable he's a star mm-hmm. in the sky and it just feels like it it just feels like you're in this dream with her which is something i really like about it is the luna halo untouchable i have i have it on my workout playlist so i listen to it quite a bit <laughs> and it's nothing like this at all like it's mm-hmm. like this banging rock track and then you get taylor's untouchable i'm like how does she get from point a to point b with this mm-hmm. And it just, it feels like a dream. Like I could, I have fallen asleep to this song many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I gotta say, I think it's this is the one that's always like really kind of puzzled me as to why it wasn't on the standard track list of Fearless. Um, because I think it is one of the like strongest of the Platinum Edition tracks, but I also think it's the one that just like fits the vibe of Fearless so well. Like it's so blissfully romantic and like lush in its kind of sense of the world. Uh, like it's, it's very much a song that feels like it needs to come immediately after Love Story. Like uh, just kind of in that like same space. So the, the chorus, especially on this one is just really, really strong, I think. Um, honestly like one of like the best choruses that i think she wrote in this kind of early era like really like there's it's it's very concise it's very to the point it communicates all that it needs to communicate like i really think uh well i guess she didn't write the chorus but the the reworking of it you know um yeah so very cool i mean if she has songwriting credit on it she did something to it uh next we have forever and always the piano version i just it's it's so pretty it's It's very nice this this is a weird like i'm surprised that this works because forever and always is not a song that i would ever imagine being a good long stripped back piano ballad like it seems so raw like the vibe is always this kind of like early 2000s like girl almost punk pop punk kind of energy to it like it's just you've got to play it loud you've got to have that guitar thrashing like this is a rocking song and then to just strip everything away uh i think really kind of lets that pain come out differently um it's it's a different song like fundamentally different song yeah like forever and always just the regular forever and always is the song you like scream and throw chairs to Mm -hmm. and then the piano version is the one where you just like sit and like and sit in the rain and cry yeah It, it remind it makes me think of a lot of the songs that are, co- or some of the songs that are coming on Speak Now that are a lot longer and a lot more ballady and a lot more wanting you to just kind of sit with an emotion for like seven minutes, like Dear John or something like that, uh, or Last Kiss. It's like, these are really, really long songs. And... Um, I think this version shows that like an echo forward to that. Yeah. Um, And I just, I really think that the stripped down piano version brings to like, it it really accentuates the lyrics of in it rains in your bedroom. Everything is wrong. mm -hmm. It it makes, I I feel like it brings to like, like how sad those lyrics are. Whereas like, you know, in forever always like you're like kind of angry almost. Yeah. Yeah. But with the piano version, you really like hear the sadness and like oh, her vocals, you can just hear it. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's a breakup song. Yeah. Like forever and always the standard version, like has never struck me as a breakup song. Like it technically is, 
but there's just like so much of this like i'm over it energy that you like just glaze over it that it's actually like very kind of sad and that really comes through here uh next is come in with the rain do you have thoughts what? about it i all thoughts about every taylor swift song i know ever. that's the idea that's the point of the podcast shauna <laughs> But come in with the rain is just um it just it's just like I don't know I love the idea of like she leaves her window open and then like so he can come in with the rain like it's just so I a word that is used a lot in the, like the fandom right now is unhinged but it's very like Taylor <laughs> Swift is unhinged sort of thing like of course she just leaves her window open lets the storm come in hoping her man's gonna come too yeah like, it's just very Taylor Swift in the just mm-hmm. the very idea of it's, the song. It's a song that's always struck me as one that should have been on the debut album. Like I, I'm sure it wasn't like written for that or, or written by then or whatever, but it seems like that kind of thing, like just a little bit melodramatic, not necessarily in a bad way, but just like a little bit over the top. The chorus is a little bit simpler i think than most of them on fearless um so it's never been one of my favorite tracks uh though i do like this version better um yeah they they can't they can't all be your favorite i do have to say that the pre-chorus lyrics talk to the wind talk to the sky talk to the man with the reasons why that's a pretty good couplet right there that that really packs a lot in a short amount of time in typical taylor fashion so yeah i my favorite lyric and all of coming with the rain is i've got you down i know you by heart and you don't even know where i start Mm. just it's it's so good Mm -hmm. i just i love it i love it so much superstar is next i love superstar it's just it's great she are there really... are there legitimately any songs not on this album but just like on any album that you're gonna say like you know this isn't my favorite like i don't i don't love this one there are two okay you will hear them later good there are two i i want to know i i have way more than two ahead um but i i want to hear i want to hear what these are so oh they'll come they'll come okay, okay. that's good that's reassuring but I still like them, but they're just, yeah, that's they're okay. not, yeah. they're just, I'm not in love with them like sure, every other sure. song. Yeah. <laughs> but Superstar is like, I don't know. I just feel like it really fits that teenage law, lo- like teenage crush. Mm-hmm. On, like, like almost every girl in 2008 could relate to this song because every girl in 2008 <laughs> had the Jonas Brothers on their wall. Right. Like, honestly yeah (laughs) i listened to this song in 2008 and i had i I literally had like this little jonas brothers poster on my wall Mm -hmm. so it's just great yeah i this song has always struck me as like a perfect deluxe track like i never think yeah this belonged on fearless and i never think like this should have never seen the light of day like, it seems like the kind of thing that should be on the deluxe, that should be its own thing, that's totally fine, that will definitely find some, like, super fans, but that really had no business being on the standard record. 
And I feel like that's what a deluxe track should be. And I think that this is of all the, the platinum version songs, this is the one that I think fits that like, yep, that's a deluxe track. Yeah. Uh, and it, <laughs> it's just, it reminds you that like, I don't know. I just always, it cracks me up. Um, I'm no one special, just another wide-eyed girl who's desperately in love with you. And yeah. then you like think about who's singing that and you're like, Taylor Swift, the Taylor Swift. <laughs> but at the time she really was just another wide-eyed girl to an extent. Yeah. But it's just wild to me that 31-year-old like global pop superstar Taylor Swift had to re-record that lyric. Who, who at this point is so ridiculously eclipsed the popularity of the Jonas Brothers that like it's not it's it's like quite humorous to to reflect upon not to say that the Jonas Brothers haven't made some solid music uh in recent years and like I'm I'm glad that they're back and making music again that also makes me happy um but it's it's not a competition anymore and then just to be like yeah it's it's pretty funny um, the Other Side of the Door is the next song, and I don't think this song has ever gotten anywhere near the credit that it deserves. I think this is a incredibly good song. Um, the chorus is fantastic. This is another one that I feel like, that should have been on Fearless. Like, how did this, for, with all of the, like, Fearless DNA that it has, and then also we have this just fantastic outro that again shows her like subtle ways of messing with song structure that aren't like radical, but do make it above average pop music. And like to see that even now, it's like, how is this not way better known? This is always the one that I was like, you know, I don't love most of the platinum edition, but I do wish that I heard that song more often. And so I'm glad that I can. Yes. The other side of the door in my mind is coming with the rain's older sister. Mm. They're literally on the same album and they're literally like one song in between them. Basically Mm -hmm. like they're right there, but the other side of the door is literally coming with the rain's older sister because it's like, I'll scream out the window. I can't even look at you. Like it has like that out the window thing. It's just like, wait there in the pouring rain. I want you to throw pebbles at my window. Like it has a lot of the similar visuals to come in with the rain. Mm -hmm but I also feel like it's more active. It's like the other side of the door is coming with the rain's older sister who goes out and gets what she wants. Like come with the, in with the rain, just leaves the window open and cries and hopes you come. And the other side of the door is screaming out the window and like, just, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's like an older version of the, of coming with the rain, even though yeah. they were definitely written around the same time. I could definitely see that. Just like eventually I'll talk about songs that i think are older versions of other songs on like folklore or evermore and it's like that same kind of thing so i i have like not not even not like literally as soon as like 1989 i start having like this is this song's cousin they're the same song yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so but this is like my first this is the same song just a little bit different gotcha yeah uh, next is Today Was a Fairy Tale, which apparently was was done for the movie Valentine's Day. Yes. Uh, which you remembered and I forgot. I thought it was like one of those Disney movies at the time because they showed this like horribly 
Disneyfied quasi music video all the time on Disney Channel where she was like sitting in a field or something uh and just like it was strange it was it was strange uh it was fine but it was odd um so i'm glad that this has like a more legit place to it uh i've never thought this song was worth that much i it's fine but like the chorus just feels so much even the like the verses and chorus seem so lacking substance compared to most taylor swift songs i wore a dress you wore a dark gray t-shirt today was a fairy tale today was a fairy tale. like it's fine but like <laughs> it doesn't have the substance that most of her songs do it has the substance that you would expect her to do for like a movie song that she knows she doesn't want to let other people get an enormous amount of like profit and cachet off of so it just this was the soundtrack to my 12 year old crush it's okay <laughs> that's totally fine no i i adore this song but but it's it's like it it is like a much more like simple song but it's it's also it's so romantic it yeah like today was a fairy tale is literally just like this romantic fairy tale song mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it, it also strikes me as like the song that you have to write to get to the substance of something like love story like you have to write this in order to get through some of those ideas and get to like a more finished product and or or other songs that we've talked about here and so uh it's fine that it exists i just i do not voluntarily listen to it very often so i was literally listening to it right before (laughs) we recorded this yeah uh, next is You All Over Me featuring uh, Marin Morris in that classic Taylor featuring way where you have no idea that there's another person on the track. It's quality and I love it. <laughs> it's a good it's a good song. It's one that's grown on me a little bit too. The first time mm-hmm. I heard it, I was like, okay, this is all right. And now I'm like, no, this is really pretty good. Like this is, this is pretty solid. Um, Same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I really I really like um the imagery in this song so much. Mm-hmm. So much. It has a lot of really good imagery. Yeah. It's a good song. It feels like a good kind of like way to start the vault era. Like it's not your best vault track, but it's a fine vault track. Like it, it's cuz cuz I think with the vault tracks you're really kind of saying Like, on one hand, you're saying, okay, this wasn't something that I wanted to release at the time for whatever reason. And so, because, like, I'm thinking here of, I I listen to a decent amount of classic rock, and sometimes they do, like, really big, weird reissues of albums where they have, like, tons and tons of studio cuts. And the Who just put one out that's, like, well over 100 tracks, and it's like, this is going to take me a long time to sift through. Um, but I will because that's what you do. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I think that that's kind of like with vault songs is like, okay, you're you're kind of wondering, okay, why did they do this instead of this uh, back in the day? Why wasn't this released? Should this have not been released? Should this have ever seen the light of day? That kind of thing. And I think that this one, it's maybe 
less difficult to pinpoint why it wasn't released. Um, but it definitely feels like something that's like pretty solid that should exist in the world. And that also didn't need to be like part of our lives for the last 15 years. So it seems like it fits the vault track mode pretty well. Okay. Uh, next is Mr. Perfectly Fine, which is wonderful. I, um, this is, this is just a classic Taylor Swift has made a song that I need to roll down my windows and drive around screaming it at the top of my lungs, blasting it so loud. It's, I, she's not made one of these in so long. Yeah. And it made my heart so happy. Also, like with Betty, it's like almost five minutes long and feels like it's barely three minutes. Mm -hmm. Like she has this knack for making songs that are actually quite long that you cannot at all remember are actually quite long because they seem to just go by so effortlessly. Uh, and this is definitely one of those songs. Um, it's not super hard, I think, to see why this one didn't see the light of day for a long time. Uh, it seems pretty transparently uh, relationship-y um, to an extent that I can understand why someone would have been like, you know, you probably shouldn't release this in 2009. Um, I also like... so good. <laughs> I also like the... <clears throat> the mention of, of Mr. Casually Cruel, because of course that will be a legendary line on Red in a couple years. And I like that uh, that sense of like writing that down and being like, ooh, that's good. I need to reuse that sometime. Like that has to come back. Um, yes. the, bridge is, the bridge is phenomenal. Uh, the song is phenomenal. It's really like the the, the one that makes you like totally buy into this whole project i think like when she dropped this i know it was just a couple days before before like the the thing but it was like the second single so to speak uh other than love story and it was mm -hmm. the one where it was like oh no this this is a thing that has to exist like these vault tracks do have to see the light of day apparently she's been sleeping on or we've been sleeping on gems like this forever like they've just been hiding uh, so yes. yes, we need them. We need them now. And then like Mr. Perfectly Fine is just so good because she starts out with hello, Mr. Perfectly Fine, and then ends with goodbye, Mr. Perfectly Fine. And it's just, it's beautiful. Like, <clears throat> And it I'm seems like they're this. not, like it's another example of her like changing things over the course of the song. Like it doesn't seem like they're the same emotion coming through like it's mm -hmm. a different sense of perfect and fine uh from being like i'm unfazed by this to you're fine but like not all that uh is, yeah. is how i get that next is we were happy we were happy did not really uh get me going the first time i heard it i really liked mm -hmm. the imagery mm -hmm. but now like I really vibe with it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a good song. Um, it doesn't wow me the way some of the others, but I kind of like the kind of downshift, so to speak, after Mr. Perfectly Fine, assuming one listens in order. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. 
Yeah, I like the um just the classic Taylor, like old country Taylor, like talking about your daddy's farm and stuff. It just yeah, it yeah. just it makes me happy. I I loved it. Yeah, it had a little bit of a like precursor to mine kind of sense to it, I think. Um I I could kind of see that. Uh, next we have That's When, which is a weird title. Like, I'll I'll just say it. I feel like there could be a better title to this song. Uh, however, the song is excellent. I think this is a really good song. This song, I know that it's not, but um, this song is actually uh, Betty and James's makeup song. Um, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Swift found this song in the vault because you know she was re-recording this and doing folklore all of that was at the same time and she said what if i wrote the story of that's <laughs> when and then she wrote cardigan betty in august and then that's when is actually betty and james's makeup song and in my world it inspired <laughs> the entire um trilogy and folklore which is complete bullcrap but yeah i don't I buy that for a second I but i like that you thought it and that we've now put it to uh tape for the world to know forever <laughs> yes <laughs> it's just that's what it reminds me of it's great okay. that's fair yeah but it's great. also keith urban Keith Urban is quite good on this track. Um, and also, like, it's a good... I like that something Taylor Swift has done a lot better at over the last three or four albums is, like, features and, like, doing duets that, like, mean something. Like, both of the ones on Folklore, or on Folklore like, uh, Exile and uh, Evermore are both, like outstanding duets like where where the story balances like there's so much in my opinion ahead of the duet attempts on red which have grown on grown on me over the years uh and maybe will grow on me more as we as i re-listen to it in in advance of talking about it um but they're still not going to be on the level of of those on on folklore and evermore like she has gotten so much better at understanding one, like how viable, like how this is a good thing to do in the modern music world. Like, like this will excite people and get them talking about your stuff. Um, But also how, like how to make songs that really lend themselves for duets. Uh, I even liked the duet uh, on lover. Um, that she did uh i know you don't like that one very much but i i like it i think it's no you did you come around on that i've always liked it okay i remember when it when it came out i was a lot more excited about it than you were well yeah yeah i loved it but i also like (laughs) the original like lover just as it is is the most perfect thing ever so that's fair okay okay all right uh, Don't You is next. That's the next song. God bless Jack Antonoff, our national treasure. I adore him. Isn't he I adore Canadian? this song. 
I think he's I don't Canadian. care. He's he's our galactic treasure. <laughs> I was, we are so blessed to have him on this planet and in this galaxy. And this song is, a, oh, is no, an example of why. He's American. See, I, I thought he was American, up. but I really don't know. I just know I love him. So. He's from New Jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did know that because he's obsessed with New Jersey. He's also um, only 37. He's wonderful. That's crazy to me. Because that means, like, he was, like, 31 for 1989, more or less. Mm-hmm. That's that's an insane level of production acumen at that time in one's career. Okay, I'm, that's, that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I have anything song. to say about this song. I'm trying to remember. Like I said, I haven't heard all of these that many times. I don't think I have a strong opinion about it. I so. I just love this song. I just love the vi- I love the production, but I just love the whole mm-hmm. song. It's just I, I don't know. Has she written a, a a a song that's just as perfect about running into like your ex lover and not being over them again? She writes about not being over your ex-lover. She writes about avoiding your her ex-lover because she doesn't want to run into him. I mean, back to December is kind of that. See, but the, but, but but she different. doesn't actually run into him. Like this is like I ran into him. I feel like all the other ones, it's like I she want to run, run into him. You. She doesn't run into him in, in back to December. We'll have to talk about this next time. Okay. I feel like she does. This this will be uh something like that we like, discuss yeah. in the future. <laughs> okay, I see I just feel like that's kind of like her daydream. Like she says like she's daydreaming about it, but in don't don't you it's like a situational this is happening thing. Mm-hmm. Is what I mean. I got you. Uh and then the next song, the the essentially like kind of closing track if if this is an album. Uh Bye Bye Baby. Yes. Once again, didn't hit me at first. Uh, I don't know. The slow ones did not get me. And normally for her, they do. Um, yeah. But now, like, I really enjoy it. But it didn't get me at first. This is still... This one hasn't grown on me yet. Um, but I still think it's a good closing thing. Like, this is still a good way to kind of bring it into the... Excuse me, to the project, I think. Um and I'm sure it'll strike me more in the future. I don't know. Yeah. And like something I really like about Bye Bye Baby though is if you, which is, this is obviously not what it was written about, but that's the really cool thing about the re-records. They recontextualize her music. Mm-hmm. Um, is if you think about it <clears throat> in terms of why she had to re-record and everything that she went through, um, it's, I feel like it, it, I don't know, it it really changes the meaning. Like the whole second verse is like, if you think about it in that context, I I feel like it kind of hits a little deeper. And then I like how she's like, bye to everything I thought was on my side. Mm -hmm. Cause she, and and she's like, I want you bad, but it's come down to nothing. Cause like, she didn't, she didn't want the situation that happened to happen to her. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm sure like, you know, if, 
people weren't stupid, she would have wanted to stay, but that just was not an option that was available to her in a way that she could like choose like and it kind of reminds me of like so she says because you took me home but you just couldn't keep me reminds me of my tears ricochet and like this is kind of like fearless is my tears ricochet Mm -hmm. in if you think of it in that context Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah and then the album ends with the elvira remix of love story um i think this remix does a good job at being really different from the original like you're not really going to compare the two uh and also it does a good job at remaining interesting throughout like it doesn't just like fall into one beat and just like stick with that uh the switch up as they're like going to the instrumental before the bridge i thought was particularly intriguing uh that i thought was very interesting uh it would be interesting to see what a like album or half album would be that had increased levels of Elvira production more in that kind of hyper pop adjacent direction. Um, Especially if you put that with, I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I really like the remix. It's, it's a bop and it is uh, made for dancing and proms and, everything and taylor swift can finally be at proms and it not be um shake it (laughs) off or the delicate remix because that's uh, shake it off is literally i swear to you all they ever play now they can also play love story i did not know there was a remix there are three there are three delicate remixes and there's one that's really good one that's kind of good and then the third one maybe i'm making up i have a lot of covers of delicate well well, when we when we get to it i will listen to them and try and identify which one is good which one is really good and which one is the one you're making up or the one that might (laughs) exist um i had i had no idea that there were delicate remixes Oh, she went hard with Delicate. She went Yeah, hard. I know that it was like a giant hit. Uh, in some ways, like I don't want to say like a career reaffirming hit, but at the same time, she hadn't had a hit like that in a decently long while. Um, the, the, the proper career resurgence kind of thing that seems to have happened with lover and then certainly folklore definitely seems in part to owe to the like really really long staying power of delicate uh i don't think that's a stretch so uh any other thoughts about the deluxe versions here since it's not an album you don't have to rank it you don't have to rate it um yeah i think it's good stuff I'm yes. excited to see what other vault collections exist. Yeah, I uh I'm really glad she started with Fearless because <clears throat> it's my favorite album so I can mm-hmm. already like she's already murdered me. I died. Um <laughs> and so everyone else is like oh, Fearless vault tracks are just so good when she releases insert favorite album here. I'm going to die and I'm like, well, I'm already there if there's so. a if there's a the mythical nine or 12 minute cut of all too well that's the one that's gonna that's the one that's gonna end me oh my gosh see yeah. i can't like if, if that, that if exist. that exists that's the one that's gonna like stop 
yeah. things. There's some the deb- world. Yeah, so. there's some debut vault tracks that will kill me, but mostly because I've probably listened to them on YouTube 500 times. And yeah, I they need them. to already <laughs> exist. Like, whenever, whenever we get Dark Blue Tennessee, the world will be a better place. And she just needs to hurry up and give it to us. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it for this episode of Talking Taylor. We will be back in a couple weeks to do it again. <laughs>